0: The Pop Culture Cosmos. It's Gerald Glassford. coming right back at you here from Pop Culture Cosmos. Game source, of course, inside sports, fantasy football, and the Lakers fast break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us that five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do whatever it is that you can to support us Right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports, Fantasy Football, The Lakers Fast Break, The Happy Hoarder, everything that we do at Humanica Media, PopCultureCosmos.wordpress.com, and of course the great stuff that we do out there. But it wouldn't be a Pop Culture Cosmos without telling you we do such great things out there. On Facebook, we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture on Facebook each and every day. Plus, we have a ton absolute ton of tabletop rpg videos and so much more right there for you at pop culture cosmos on facebook and if you could support all that it is sincerely appreciated but it wouldn't be a pop culture cosmos without my good friend he is the mastermind behind everything the happy hoarder plus humanican media you got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today at humanicanmedia.com plus also as well the Pop Culture Cosmos' his favorite place to go for everything pop culture, the Happy Hoarder on Facebook and happyhoarder.com. It is my good friend. It is Josh Peterson. What's up, man?
1: Whoa, whoa, whoa. That yes. background change it was nice. Like it is is well timed and it's awesome. I'm good. I'm good, man. How are you? I uh yeah yeah i'm uh, i'm good i'm good christmas is over just in recovery mode How about yourself how's your christmas
0: doing okay doing okay although i am a casualty of the southwest airlines cancellation debacle uh, i had to wait in a line for several hours before we were able to go ahead and get a new flight but that got canceled too later this week and unfortunately i had to go ahead with another airline so i will be heading out to seattle at some point of time this week and it's just very disappointing to see thousands of travelers here in the united states because of one company's ineptness and their outdated system and outdated policies come back to bite them in the butt
1: you know it's annoying they shouldn't sell tickets if they are going to have, or if they even suspect they're going to have issues like this, they shouldn't be selling tickets.
0: I mean, every year there's cancellations with airlines because of weather issues. And we know that there's been some extreme weather issues this winter. And, and I get that. I, I understand that. But this goes beyond that. This is, you know, some airlines have had issues with the weather, and that's expected because of just the sheer problems. But when you have issues that pile up on you because of an outdated system, yeah it, it's it been really hard on a lot of people and i feel more fortunate than others because i was still here in my home in las vegas dealing with this issue so i know there's a lot of people that have been stranded for days and i'm hoping that something gets done about that because again to do this to so many thousands of people across the country is just it's just unfair
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I know my my mother in law came out for Christmas, and she had issues. It was the day before her flight was supposed to take off. They canceled her flight, and I know she had to go online searching for, frantically searching for a new ticket to get out here. So yeah, it's 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 a bummer all around.
0: Oh, yeah. And as soon as they were having, you know, were starting to have their issues, the other airlines price gouged everything to where it would cost of thousands course. of dollars. Of
1: course. They're, they're going to take advantage of uh, the incompetence of their competitors. Absolutely, indeed. But my thoughts and uh, hopes are for
0: everybody affected by this to go ahead and find safe travel or how, that you have found safe travel back to your destination i know that your frustrations with southwest airlines is going to be there for quite some time and they will pay the piper at some point in time if they haven't already so yes uh, definitely our thoughts are there with everybody affected by the southwest airlines debacle but we're going to try and uplift those spirits today with the pop culture cosmos it's the best of josh for 2022. i've already said my piece on the best in pop culture for 2022, but I might be adding some things because I actually got a chance to catch after my airing with Melinda Barkhouse Ross. I got a chance to catch The Witcher Blood Origin, The Fablements, Banshees of Insurin, even though it's spelled Inisharin, they say in the movie Insurin, plus Knives Out Glass Onion. Are any of those being added to the best of 2022 or the worst of 2022? We'll talk about that, plus also as well, again, Josh will elaborate on his best of pop culture for 2022 in detail. What are we looking forward to in 2023? Josh will elaborate on that because already Melinda and I have talked about that as well. And maybe we'll talk a little bit about Avatar reaching a billion dollars. And of course, also as well, Top Gun Maverick destroying records for Paramount Plus before we head out on the show today. But first, my friend, it is the best of pop culture for Josh in 2022. So you and I have been doing this quite some time. We went, we, we used to do it like, these are the best TV shows. These are the best movies. These are the best video games, like everybody else does. But I figured we combine it into one entity where you have no limit. You have uh, no structure. Whatever hits you in pop culture the right way, you should mention. So, my friend, I turn it over to you. What is the best for pop culture for Josh Peterson in 2022?
1: Okay, so we're doing the best first?
0: Yep, yep. The worst comes later. I forgot to mention, yeah, yeah. The worst comes later for you because we definitely got to mention the worst for Josh in pop culture for 2022 here in a
1: bit as well. Okay, All right. So, you know, sadly, there wasn't really a lot of the best of anything this year. I mean... I don't know about that. There's been some good stuff, but it's, like, not a year where it's, like, I've, you know, traditionally i have had plenty like a list full of things and you have always like may, you've agreed with maybe like 40 percent of my list right <laughs> or i may have not i may have thought it was good you thought it was great or something like that so. yeah but this year i just like i don't have a lot that was like stuck out as being amazing so because really? i thought i
0: had some uh I, I actually had so much of a list it took uh part of uh two episodes it took a full episode with me and melinda and then a part of another one with me and melinda i had so much good stuff out there
1: so okay here let me i'm because uh, i'm looking at my list of things here all right that i watched this year and it's actually not too big of a list but here let me let me hit it hard here i don't know if you agreed with me but i enjoyed the adam project on netflix i it was an easy film to watch it wasn't great by any stretch of the imagination but mm-hmm. As you know, I'm all about those popcorn flicks, and I think Ryan Reynolds delivered on that front. What are your what 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 are what are your thoughts on the Atom Project? Uh, you know, so, so many months after it premiered, I thought it was like you said, easy film
0: to watch. Um, it looked like it was filmed over a weekend. Personally, mm. yeah. I know that we talked about that. It looked like it was filmed in one town over a weekend, throwing Zoe Saldana for about five minutes, and then there you go. Um, I just thought it was, uh, okay. You know, again, easy watch. I get, I agree with you. Easy watch, uh, two hours right there for you. You can put in the background. It's comfort food, popcorn flick. There you go. It's, 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 not bad by any stretch of the imagination. It's just when you get in those Ryan Reynolds movies that he's just doing a stink mm-hmm. and you use do, it, does it over and over. And it's not the level of Deadpool, that's yeah. you know it's That's the part where you, you know it's getting harder and harder to like the things that he does outside of Deadpool. As because a Deadpool is such a masterful thing for his his shtick, for his whole persona, for the way he do, he approaches comedy. I, I really think that that anything else sometimes gets left by the wayside, and I think this movie does for me. It's it's all right for what it does but it's still not to the level of what we've seen from him compared to, you know, what we saw of course with, with Deadpool and even Deadpool two. And, you know, we're so excited for Deadpool three. So yeah, that's, that's yeah. my opinion on that. But I mean, again, it, it, this was not, this is comfort food. Like you said, this is, this is something that's mm-hmm. a popcorn flick that, you know what? It's there. It's cool. You know, go, go for it.
1: So, uh you know we'll move on here in a second but do you, would you say that Ryan Reynolds is at a point where he is only going to be he's only Deadpool to people he's a characterization
0: is- yeah he's a characterization of himself and that's mm-hmm. the problem you know everybody seemed to like free guy and we were so excited for free guy and i thought it's there it's okay at best uh, i just i didn't enjoy it because it's not to the level of what i expect from deadpool i thought it's okay, but again, it's just sometimes he goes into it these days with his with his shtick, and he just does not get to the level that you can get with Deadpool. I just don't think he puts everything into it unless he's donning the Deadpool uniform.
1: Uh, yeah, that's because he's super passionate about that role.
0: And you can tell. That's why he, en- he enjoys it, and that's what comes across for
1: me. Dragon Ball Super Superhero was probably one of my top films of the year. And it's not just because it's Dragon Ball and I love Dragon Ball, but it's the fact that, as we discussed before, this is the year of the anime films, right? We had Dragon Ball, we had One Piece, there was a Mobile Suit Gundam movie that I don't think did too well. You look at Dragon Ball, you look at One Piece, like these are movies that made a lot more money than people thought that they were going to make. And looking at that like yeah you look at shows like my hero academia who's got you know they've got films coming out and uh, was that other one jujutsu kaisen i think the name was mm-hmm. demon slayer like they're what this this year has shown is that there is room in the box office for these anime films and you know before they just be released as like two-day events in theaters but now they're having like legitimate theatrical runs
0: yeah, with with the success, though, of Dragon Ball Z, I mean, that to me was the biggest thing about this movie is that it had such a great first week opening. And it just, I think, enlightened a lot of uh, theater owners on the power of these anime films in their first two weeks. Mm-hmm. It's something I think that they should take notice that the power of Crunchyroll and Netflix and all these streaming entities that support, like Hulu, of the anime genre that you can front load a movie at the box office and get a great return if you don't put a whole lot into it. If you could put like five to $10 million into an anime, you can get a turnaround of 20, 30, 40. In the case of Dragon Ball Z, I think it earned quite a bit more than that. So yeah, definitely uh, something that you can take a lot of interest in as far as going to the theaters and checking out an anime movie and it being a success at the box office that's what I really take away
1: yeah absolutely and everyone keeps saying you know and we've I've said it before too but it seems like the movie theater is mostly dominated by big um you know these big studio franchise films but then you have these anime films come out and you know sometimes they outperform these big films on a given day so there is room at movie theaters for you know these smaller things to to have their time yeah absolutely uh okay so moving on jurassic park dominion i enjoyed you know like I, a lot of people didn't like it but i thought it was a you know it was a good uh popcorn flick it did a good job of kind of tying back to the original it was a fan service film absolutely I don't know, it was not the uh, flaming chunk of garbage that a lot of the critics stated it was. I thought that it was good. My kids liked it. I enjoyed watching it. I'm glad that you enjoyed it. Although, like you said, it
0: it didn't end well with the critics. But you know what? Earned a billion dollars at the end of the day. Earned Mm -hmm. $1 billion dollars and almost a dollar actually like one one billion one million i think it was like it just barely sneaked over it the billion the
1: threshold all right last film i got here of uh 2022 that i did enjoy was the northman with uh what's his name skarsgard in that mm-hmm. movie like is a very artsy film but also like it was good you know it was the first time i watched a uh a film like that and was not you know didn't feel like i wasted time on it so i that was a very well put together film and I, did you get a chance to watch it i did it was okay uh, i thought uh it
0: dragged a little on the third act but uh yeah thought it was okay that was, yeah, yeah. uh, was something that was uh there like you said very artsy very stylistic in its mm-hmm. nature but yeah didn't um displease me in any way it's just it was there It was pretty good and then yeah, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. So it, it definitely uh, it had something going for it. Video games here. I got God of War Ragnarok. That's something I'm like, I think I'm about to finish. I'm like 60 hours in and I don't know if I'm about to finish it yet. But uh, I'm at the final charge towards Asgard. So I'm assuming that I'm going to be done here in the next couple days. So that was good. I not as, you know, Elden Ring is obviously like the best game of 2022 to a lot of people. But you know, I feel like God of War Ragnarok definitely earned the nominations that it got, at least. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, uh,
0: if you didn't like, if you didn't prefer Elden Ring, you preferred God of War Ragnarok. It seems to be between one of those two for most of the yes. Game of the Year's yes. award, depending on the outlet. I think for me, though, it was Atari 50, the anniversary celebration. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that was uh, something for me was a a true surprise i think it uh, and the value affected it's 40 in the day and age where video game prices this year rose up to 70 dollars on a, a lot of occasions i really think it provides an extremely good value it's a nostalgic trip it has a full documentary with it and yeah it just absolutely was a great explainer for atari and my hopes for atari to center itself now that they finally shed themselves the, the Albatross known as the Atari VCS as they stop production of it. Maybe they can go ahead and uh, I guess start making games and just focus on making games instead of worrying about a console or anything like that and become a, a, I don't know, even a mid tier developer once again, because they've got such a great library of games that they can take inspiration from and create a, a new companion to it that's a modern remaking they made some of these modern they modernized actually quite a bit of the games in atari the anniversary collection while still maintaining several options there of the old style way it was played before so yeah it definitely was it showed me that atari is not dead and with the right people in place can actually live again as a pretty good uh, video game maker
1: yeah well i mean hopefully we get to the point too where they don't just become known as like a throwaway company for millionaires you know to come in and be like oh i have an idea and then it ends up not doing well yeah and it goes on to the next ownership like they need somebody who actually cares about video games and they're running it and they need to actually create some stuff outside of you know the 2D games that they made before yeah you know absolutely. kind of step into the new century a little bit i would love
0: a remaking of adventure just you know just put it into like a context of an elder scrolls or something like that and seeing it through the eyes of the modern era yeah. making it a, making it an adventure of adventure once again so that would probably be the first thing i I'd, I'd go ahead and cover thanks for checking out the pcc you know, the pop culture cosmos. We'll be back
1: in one moment.
0: You've heard others, but nothing could prepare you for the shameful stupidity that is the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Here Imran.
1: So if you offend everyone at once, it all it's a wash. I've covered everybody. Anthony.
0: Spotify and wherever you find your
1: favorite podcasts the Jock and nerd podcast it can't be silly goofy fun seriously people really listen to this uh and nerd okay so usually I have like a handful of albums that I really enjoyed but this year I only have one that really like sticks out to me so deaf Havana is a, a band from the UK and they've been <clears throat> you know they've been around for a while they've they started as a screamo band and kind of evolved into alternative and then they did a pop band Uh, they did some like uh they did folksy music then pop and then they decided to keep going this year with a new album called the present is a foreign land and it's like a this great mixture of you know all the things that they've done before whether it's uh pop or rock or alternative folk music like they have a great blend of everything James Vett Gloady, like his voice is beautiful. So if you check out anything, if you want to listen to something good at the end of the year, definitely check out Def Havana's latest album, The Present is a Foreign Land. It's on iTunes. You can listen to it on Spotify. But that is the top album on my list this year. And uh, I can listen to it over and over again as I, as I do in the car. And there you go. Absolutely. Uh, sounds like a good choice. Sounds like a good listen. And uh, there you go. All right, sounds good, my friend. All right, so last on my uh, list of things here, I have television streaming stuff. I really enjoyed Moon Knight. Did that show grow on you at all after watching it? Kind of like a fungus, actually. That's where <laughs> I grew.
0: Okay, yeah. so do, I mean, I think it's probably one of the worst uh, Marvel TV shows I've seen of the Marvel really? TV shows. Yeah, I don't
1: know. I was, I, I enjoyed it, I enjoyed it more than Miss Marvel. That was uh, well, they both were not very high on my list as yeah. far as TV shows are concerned, the Marvel yeah. TV shows. Yeah, I mean, everything that Marvel... And we'll get to this when we get to the worst stuff, but a lot of the things they did this year was pretty bad. They but. both
0: weren't the worst of pop culture for 2022, but they were on the lower side for me. And I'll just put it that way.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I agree. Uh, but I really enjoyed Moon Knight. Um, I think that it... You know, the mythology there was interesting. The The ending was not, not that great, but, you know, I think that... Um, Oscar Isaac did a great job of portraying what, three different characters at yeah. once.
0: And that's the that's the solace I can take into it. The performance itself is great. Just the material he was given and the fact that right now it doesn't really tie anything into the MCU. So yeah. I have that feeling after I watched it like I just
1: wasted hours of my time. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, last thing on my list here, I got Stranger Things Season 4, like both parts 1 and 2. Like I think that this was the streaming pop culture event of the year like this is this was one of those things where like i look at it in the same vein i look at like avengers endgame like but it appeals to a different type of fans so i'm but it's like everybody's talking about this all the stores are selling things for it this is something magazines are writing about it's all over the internet like this is huge like this is a pop culture movement that if you weren't watching it before once the season came out everyone's talking about it you were definitely watching it after that this, like you said, I think that's a terrific way to go ahead and phrase
0: it. I think that's absolutely outstanding. It felt like the infinity war of stranger things. It was on my best of 2022 as well. There's the 40% for you. My friend, it's the, it landed on my best of list as well. Very well done. Uh, very good. I think it's one of the best seasons overall for stranger things i think that the model of having like six episodes or whatnot uh in the front side and then about a month and a half later bringing out the other two episodes even though i know fans didn't love that part of it i think that that's probably a brilliant marketing move for netflix in order to go ahead and sustain a subscriber base long term long term so i have a feeling that for any of their shows their popular shows like For instance future seasons of wednesday future seasons of emily in paris the popular shows on netflix future you know even cobra kai maybe you might actually see that same type of structure going forward i think that's an absolutely brilliant move by netflix on a marketing situation uh standpoint but for fans i know that's not exactly that great
1: yeah uh all right so to wrap up my best of stuff I want to move outside of, uh, visual media and talk about toys for a minute. Mm-hmm. Just a few, a few shout outs here. I have the, uh, you know, we talked about this before the Megazord Ascension project from Hasbro mm-hmm. hasbro has been dumb and they've been overproducing things and that's been making collectors and uh, toy sellers irritated because it causes the value to go down. But man, they've been producing some really cool stuff like the, uh, you know, taking the old Megazords that only moved, you know, arms move back and forth and, giving them you know 20 plus points of articulation like that is awesome uh playmates has been coming back in a strong way with their stranger things ninja turtle crossover uh hasbro's has their power ranger ninja turtle crossover the new ninja turtle uh ronin figures like this is the year of ninja turtles for sure when it comes to toys and um you know these are if you're a collector and you're interested in ninja turtles like i would definitely check some of these sets out, the target, sorry, the stranger things one is a target exclusive, the power Rangers crossover. You can get anywhere on the internet. And, uh, you know, definitely check some of this stuff out because that was a big highlight for me this past year as a collector. I do before you want to finish your
0: list, I do want to mention some things that really stood out as far as music. Cause you talked about music a little bit. I want to mention the rise of K-pop as a standard that's not named bts uh, bts we know their their popularity all around the world i remember the first episode we covered k-pop and you were just like what the heck are you <laughs> I talking were excited
1: about, it? about it. i had no idea what it was
0: yeah because it was just something the sound and these these groups were creating this this mythos and this following that was uh, worldwide it was becoming a growing fast in popularity and we've seen the explosion of it in 2022. I know my one of my oldest daughter is just absolutely into it. Actually took her to a K-pop concert in Los, Los Angeles earlier this year. She absolutely loved it. ITZY was the group that she saw. They're on the rise. There's also Twice, Blackpink. There's so many different groups and it's a machine that they're producing out in Korea for these K-pop groups and and this is something we're gonna see for at least it's going to be a trend for at least the next couple years at least as far as the 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 styles and the popularity of k-pop bands and i think it's going to be something really special to see but yeah that's pretty much
1: where my best of lies at the moment absolutely that's a great list my friend
0: i agreed with a little bit more than 40 percent of it maybe 45 but no, it's I'm kidding. It's not the
1: year of King Arthur,
0: so. Okay, absolutely. Yeah, we won't talk about that. That was a great debate. You should go back in the archives about that one as far as our back and forth on that. But what are your thoughts out there on the best of pop culture for 2022? Let us know your thoughts. Pop Cosmos at Yahoo.com. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmos show and the
1: PCC Multiverse. I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift where... promoted and this is a thing where
0: audiences do not agree with critics that's the pop culture cosmos show
1: and the pcc multiverse every week on apple podcasts
0: and over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options we're back with the pop culture cosmos it's josh the great As josh peterson's here along with me gerald glassford still got a half hour to go we've already talked about the best for josh in pop culture for 2022 also from Melinda and I. We've also talked ourselves about the worst in pop culture, but Josh hasn't finished his list. He, We're going to talk about the worst in pop culture for Josh Peterson for 2022.
1: Okay, all right. So we we going over to the dark side now? Lay it on me, man. All right. So I want to start with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, that was a pretty bad film. It was disappointing. I was... Yeah, I agree. I was expecting, I don't. I mean, I don't know what I was expecting. You know, like, Sam Raimi, like, I, I love the guy, but it's been so long since he's made a movie that I actually enjoy. Like, I see why Scott Derrickson stepped away from this film because it did not know what it wanted to be, you know, and it took pre-existing Marvel mythology that they had developed really well in a WandaVision and they turned it on its head. And I think that it left me i walked out of the movie theater wondering like what in the world did i just watch and then like i still couldn't like piece it together even a week later it's on the lower tier of my list as well
0: of uh my mcu list which you can catch at pop it is on the lower ebb of uh, the movies that i've watched in the mcu
1: yeah yeah and then on the other side of that we have the dcu or dcu whatever it's called uh black adam was kind of a a letdown you know that was uh we we just watched that this past weekend and i gotta say man it was it felt like a bro a b-tier bro movie is what it felt like the everything from the soundtrack To the writing to like an entire movie of the rock just floating around making faces
0: yeah it was disappointing as well i I thought it was something that could have been a lot better pierce brosnan was sensational in the film
1: oh yeah
0: and unfortunately he outclassed the rock in this occasion and i'm a huge fan of the rock which i thought was really disappointing i thought like you said he just barely emoted throughout the entire film and low-key rock throughout the entire film is I don't know. It just doesn't do it for me. You know, when he's able to go ahead and, and really relay in his acting skills, that to me is something much more enjoyable about a rock film and and able to go ahead and show his range. He wasn't able to do that here because he's always you know angry at something. I think you know seeing Dave Bautista in Knives Out, Glass Onion. I think for me. I think we've reached a point where you can say Dave Bautista right now is the best pro wrestling actor, right now
1: on the planet. Oh, plan. absolutely! I mean, even that role—he had a brief role in um, Blade Runner. Blade Runner, yeah. And I remember thinking, like, wow, the guy hardly said anything, but dang, I felt the emotions coming off of him right in that moment. Yeah, absolutely. He, you know, The Rock still can kill it when he wants to, but Black Adam
0: just really didn't do it for him
1: yeah yeah Uh, so that's those are my films there uh in gaming the you know letdowns Gran Turismo 7 was kind of a letdown for me I don't like this new generation of games we're moving into where everything has to be online all the time with Gran Turismo like I live out in the country you know so my internet's not always spot on and when I'm having issues connecting to PlayStation Network I can't play the game. So, you know, I spent $70 on a game that I can play maybe 60% of the time that I f- actually want to play it.
0: Oops, That's not good. That's not good at all.
1: Yeah. It's kind of like uh, the Assassin's Creed games, right, where you have to be connected in order for your saves to work. So if you play it and then your internet goes out and then you play for another like six hours before realizing it, you lose everything. So, yeah, that was kind of a bummer for me. Television streaming. I think the only thing that really stuck out to me as being bad was Halo season. Yes. One.
0: Yes. You and I are on the same wave. Like, I think we were. That was, that was no doubt. That was on my worst of lists. That was pure trash.
1: Yeah. It, it had moments. I like told had, Melinda
0: you would, I would be on your list.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Cause it, okay. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it had moments, right? Where you could like glimpse potential no you but, were
0: you were t- trying to get me every week gerald just give it a chance just give it a chance i know and but I that's said, what
1: i kept saying though right like it had moments where you could glimpse the potential it but was a stinker
0: it just, man it was a stinker
1: yeah yeah it just like kept on like i don't know it's like those videos where like you see dogs trying to like jump onto furniture and they end up like hitting it, it that's like every week was like them trying to reach for something and then just falling flat into a wall or something it and doing its
0: best to destroy the halo mythos and all yeah. the backwork of the games good or bad at the same time
1: you know obviously i have to at least watch the first two episodes of this next season to see if they're able to salvage what was there but man i have to say like i am absolutely bummed out and i got a buddy who's a big time halo fan it's like the only thing he plays anymore and he was he was heartbroken over this series
0: but you and i said bad or good we would support video game entities on Mm -hmm. other media and as bad as it was for us i'm gonna do the same i'm gonna check it out when the next season comes around no matter how much pain i go through
1: yeah. Do you want to talk about The Witcher right now, or should we save that for later?
0: Go for it right now, man.
1: Okay, so for everyone listening, I was watching The Witcher Blood Origin the other night, and while I was doing this, I text Gerald, and I was like, hey, this show is terrible. <laughs> like, I mean, I didn't say it that bluntly. I said the CG in the show was pretty awful, and uh, it reminds me of you know it was a mortal Kombat annihilation not a great movie but you didn't realize how horrible it was until the end when they had that dra- that dragon fight on the on the pyramid thing and uh that's what happened in the witcher like you had the the witcher the the mainline show like you could tell they put a lot of money a lot of budget into their their creature animations but in this one it wasn't it wasn't there it was just like everything was shiny like it looked like a piece of computer animation from the late 90s it was not good the fantasy genre had its real highs
0: and lows this year when it comes to uh, house of the dragon and lord of the rings the rings of power i thought they were very good representations Uh, i didn't love house of the dragon as much as others did but that still thought uh, absolutely some great production values. They did spend a lot of money on that and it showed along with Lord of the Rings, you know, they spend a half a billion dollars on that and it showed. I thought that both shows were very good representations of what they were trying to go after as far as their predecessors are, are concerned. And then you have, like you said, uh, the Willow series. Willow is not entirely a stinker, but you can see the budget cuts were there and they did not spend the kind of money on it that I know Lord of the Rings had. So Disney Plus, it was really not that great of a series itself. It's not the worst of the fantasy series because by far and away, and this would be on my worst of 2022 list had I had a chance to. In fact, I'm adding it on. I'll add it on. The Witcher Blood Origin is absolutely a waste of time. Absolutely. You told me about it. I was actually starting the. I had the first episode on as you, as you text me and I'm like, oh, my wife and I were just like, oh, this is some, this is some trash. What the heck is going on? Couldn't follow it. Michelle Yo, I mean, I, I, if you missed it, she was talking because, you know, I, I actually, for three episodes, I was in and out watching it. And I didn't hear her talk once. I saw her laying down once. I saw her kind of like stabbing a dude in the back once. But I missed all of her, her verbal scenes for like the first couple episodes or so. And I was like, she's supposed to be the star of this thing. The trailer itself, it doesn't have her talking. It was absolutely mind-blowing. Yeah. She's she's going to probably win a Best Actress Oscar. And you don't have her. Her speak, I thought it was absolute worst. Yeah. She actually does speak in the series, and it takes a little time for for it to get to where she gets a, a chance to do so. But what she was given and, and the rest of this eclectic mix was it, it was just it's just bad for Michelle Yeoh. It's a money grab and more power to her because for every everything everywhere all at once that was so tremendous, she's had a lot of. Uh, things over the past couple of years where she's been on movies, where she makes appearances where eh, it's all right. But this, unfortunately she was part of with some horrible CGI was mm-hmm. just
1: really bad. It was really bad. Yeah. Yeah. She, yeah. I, uh, yeah, they, they, and even like in the first episode when she's talking to her, you know, what was her student formerly? like? And a, I missed
0: that. And I was like, man, yeah
1: but i actually went
0: rewatched it then i actually saw that part yeah
1: none of it made any sense though like it was just all of a sudden she like hates him and it's like okay now i'm going to teach you stuff like there's no logic to the story at all it's it seems like it's pure fan service like they're just showing they're trying to take what was great about the witcher and then turn it into something like game of thrones and it just doesn't it doesn't work
0: And it makes no sense at all why this is a a predecessor to The Witcher. Why is this happening before The Witcher? The Witcher seems like it's actually older, Mm -hmm. as far as its origin date, than blood origin, which makes absolutely no sense. It doesn't have the feel of something that should be the predecessor. It doesn't make any sense, you know, as far as the before the beasts and for humans or whatever it just makes yeah. it, it's a bunch of gobbledygook and it really is it's, it's netflix saying okay we made a ton of cash and viewers with the witcher let's make an offshoot and throw michelle yo in there because she's she's a, a very popular actress right now and see what sticks and it unfortunately it doesn't stick
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it's the same thing as, like, the Rings of Power, you know, on Amazon. It's the same exact concept. Like, we have Lord of the Rings rights. We might as well use them, even if there's no mythology based on this.
0: But Lord of the Rings, you know, Amazon took the time and care to craft something that is watchable. And to me, it's very good. To you, it was very good. And yeah that's that's the difference there the witcher yeah, blood origin seems like it was made by a college student over the weekend
1: yeah yeah i mean it's definitely the, the quality is not there but it's it's a, it's like there's nothing strictly based on this so let's make something up except the only difference with amazon is that it it was a hit and it was good whereas the witcher is just it was a pure miss yeah the witcher blood origin
0: per se yeah absolutely Anything else that stood out to you as uh, trash that stinks to high heaven?
1: No, sorry. Um, okay, so th- this is. Shelby. I'm sorry. Um, okay, so yeah, I guess the, the, this is more of like a moment in pop culture history with the uh, Henry Cavill, you know, and James Gunn, and all that stuff going on. Like, yeah. I. This was definitely the biggest bummer of the year for me, and the fact that, like, I'm not. I don't care if they move into a new era, but, like, it really is a disservice to not let that, I guess, age of characters play out. Yeah. You know, at least get to Aquaman and then do a final Justice League movie and let things close. Like, it sounds like all the outlines and scripts were there, but they're not going to do it. Instead, James Gunn, who still hasn't said if he's recasting everybody, but but he made it sound like he's keeping Gal Gadot and uh yeah i don't know just like i don't know how this is all going to play out are we just going to pretend that it's not weird that superman looks different i don't know i think a lot of people who are a fan of the superhero genre are really disappointed by this um you know this kind of a historical moment in pop culture
0: well i will say that again as i we've talked about it before on the dc change ups melinda and i that this is really uh something that is a big risk but The DCEU over the past 10 years has had very mixed results, especially with Superman. And I I like Henry Cavill as a person. I really think that he's never been given a chance. Although you love Man of Steel, I actually don't love Man of Steel. Um, He's actually never, in my opinion, been given a chance to really been given a kick-ass script for Superman and an opportunity and again, you see the financial results that it's all over the place. From the highs of the Aquaman, who will not actually also be continuing in the series after the the sequel, he'll he'll be playing Lobo, I think is what he'll be doing instead, which is something I guess he really wants to do. So I don't know. It just seems to me that that there's so many inconsistencies with the storytelling, the the arc. Of the dceu and on also as well the fact that it's just financially not been the greatest adventures in all cases for the dceu i think it is the time for a change i think it's time to shake things up
1: yeah although i some... like
0: i like henry cavill as superman i don't know why even though he's been never given to me great material i do like henry cavill as superman
1: and it's just unfortunate that this like story the Snyder i guess the Snyderverse as people call it it has to you know it's suffering because justice league 2 is technically supposed to be coming out this year and it just it's unfortunate that that all of that suffered because of incompetent leadership you know at warner brothers as far as like you know walter hamada and uh you know jeff johns and all of them like it's just unfortunate that because of all that and their whatever you know their personal feud with henry cavill i think they didn't like him because he The fans liked him so much and i think that that caused a lot of uh you know the studio doesn't know as much as they think they do a lot of pride issues there but it's just unfortunate that this is how all of this played out
0: well don't feel too bad for henry cavill he is now going to be heading up an amazon series with the ip that he loves the most in warhammer 40k so yeah don't feel too bad for him he landed on his feet real well pardon the pun
1: with superman (laughs) Nice. Yeah, no, I mean, I like Henry Cavill. Like, I've you know, I thought Man Man from U.N.C.L.E. was really good. And, you know, what was he in before? I don't remember. Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible. Yeah, you know, I, I like a lot of the things that he's in when he's not Superman. But he is, as The Rock so plainly put it, he is my generation Superman.
0: Anything else that stood out to you this
1: year as far as some stinkers are concerned? Oh, that's it, man. That's all I got for you.
0: All right, well, you let us know out there your thoughts on the worst of pop culture in 2022. And if you want the best of pop culture in 2022 as well, let us know your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, Well, my friend, before we headed out, I did have a chance to catch up on some things to see if they would be added to the list of the best or worst in pop culture for 2022. We did talk about The Witcher Blood Origin bleeding my eyes as I was watching it. So we, you know, we talked about how bad that was. I did get a chance to see The Fableman's Banshees of Inchurin. Even though it's spelled Inishurin, it is Inchurin. I guess that's how that's pronounced in the movie. And Knives Out, Glass Onion. (sighs) Ah. The Fablemans is a kind of very much self-biographical for Steven Spielberg. And this is Steven Spielberg's... Uh, basically, it's his story about about how he grew up, and how he, he developed himself into the director that he came today. It doesn't exactly... It uses the Fablemans instead of the Spielbergs, but you can pretty much get the sense of you know how Steven Spielberg grew up. I didn't like this as much as other Steven Spielberg films. It thought it was okay. I thought that the movie is long by a long shot. I think it took it needed to take a half hour off. I think he, even though he had some great acting performances, I think that just he holds too long to a scene in each of these scenes that he's in. A lot there's scenes there that last like 10 12 minutes on the same, like you, it's like you and I having a conversation or acting. For 10 or 12 minutes, I think the attention span of the viewer starts to stray away, no matter how good the dialogue or the acting is, and I think that's the problem. He holds on scenes way too long in this movie, and then it ends on such a weird note what his future may be. It doesn't explain itself at the very end as far as what happens to the, the Fableman character. So, yeah, it just it was okay, but it could have been so much better. And, and I understand it's a labor of love for Steven Spielberg, so I want to be respectful of that. But yeah, it, I was just hoping it would be a little bit better telling of his uh, origin story per se.
1: Yeah, it was one of those ones where I was hoping to catch it on streaming. You know, I don't. It's not one I'm like itching to pay to watch. So if it hits. You know netflix or hulu or disney plus or whatever like that's something i would be interested in watching but there's some great
0: acting in in it there's some really great acting and i will give it that it's just the scenes are too long each you know each of the major scenes are just filmed way too long and it's like you're trying to squeeze out every single bit of emotion and then you've already the audience itself gets fatigued, emotionally fatigued by just watching these, the same scene for such a long period of time. And yeah. I think that that's, that's probably to me just the most disappointing part, but overall it was, it was okay. A movie is enjoy, you know, enjoyable to an extent as far as the performances are concerned. So, and yeah, that, that's my only beef with it. It's just, it, it ran a little bit too long, but, uh, Banshees of interim with Colin Farrell and, uh, Brendan Gleeson, that's a movie it's a very different movie uh, based on an island off the Irish coast and it's in the middle of the 1920s as far as a a civil war is concerned in Ireland so a lot of, you know that's the backdrop of it and uh, the, the battles between two friends or two former friends about their their friendship gone awry and you know it is a, a character piece very much so and i think that all the characters in there do an excellent job i think the movie gets dark real dark after halfway through in a way that it just can't recover from but it is still a very good movie it's 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 a very good movie i don't think it's a great movie simply because it just took no turn for the better it just kept getting darker and darker and darker barry keegan is in the movie and does a pretty good job himself so yeah I think all the actors involved did an outstanding job, but it is really a, a different movie per se. The Banshees of Inverness. So, yeah, I think it's something that people should check out. It's it's pretty good, pretty good overall.
1: It seemed like a movie that was going to going to descend into madness, kind of like a what do you call it, "There Will Be Blood" style movie, where it just becomes insane after a while.
0: And I will just say this: you can keep on talking to me if you want. Yes, we'll we'll remain friends. Okay. I'm not going to go to any great lengths like they did in Banshees of Intran to have you not speak to me. So let's, let's put it that way. So, But yes, Banshees of Intran, very stylistic and beautiful movie. If you want to check it out for the scenery of this island, is actually fantastic. And actually, that would be a cool house to have in the movie. I'll just say that Brendan Gleeson had right there off the coast of, of an Irish uh, island. So yeah, that was really cool to see. But Knives Out, Glass Onion is the last movie I want to talk about. I got a chance to catch up on with Netflix. And it is really good. I still think the first Knives Out is better. But it's not by much. This was a really, really good movie. It would probably be on the tail end of my best of 2022 list. I think the performance is really cool. The mystery itself was not as uh, bewildering as uh, the first one as far as who done it. So, I uh, I think that the characters stood out a little bit more in the first one, but this one was really solidly acted. And I think Daniel Craig did a, a solid job. And yeah, I think everybody involved did a good job too. So yeah, it was it was a really, really good film. Knives Out, Glass, Onion. Mean, it would be, like I said, on the tail end of my best of list. I thought it's almost as good as the original.
1: Yeah, I saw that Rian Johnson, I guess, was upset that they called it a Knives Out mystery instead of just Glass Onion. Like he was mm-hmm. upset that they put that subtitle on there. And,
0: well, what do you expect? They're trying to sell it to people. Oh my gosh. So, well, they're
1: trying. They're trying really hard to make you realize that it's tied to the Knives Out movie. Yeah,
0: but- and, well, I mean, if you're Netflix, that spent what five hundred million dollars on two Knives Out movies, what do you expect? You know, they need to make sure you connect as a as a general audience. Remember? Oh yeah, th- yeah. This is based off that that first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Right, but I mean, they always put it like front and square in their their interface, and if you're seeing that, you're like, oh hey, I recognize those characters, so it should be pretty obvious that it is a times yeah. out sequel.
0: It's really good. I really recommend it. So it, of those three, I'd say it's probably the best of, of those three. So, yeah, there you go. Hopefully, you have had a chance to check it out. It's the number one movie on Netflix right now. It is knives out, glass onion. Please let us know your thoughts on the Fablemans, Knives Out, Glass Onion, and the Banshees of Insurin. Please let us know your thoughts, PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Before, I wanted to go ahead and mention Josh's, what he's looking forward to in 2023. We'll close that out, but wanted to first mention that Top Gun Maverick is destroying all the records as its final achievement for 2022 is one of the big hits of 2022. It's destroying all the records for Paramount+. Plus. So, Congratulations on that. And Avatar, as we're recording this in a little over ten days, has garnered one billion dollars worldwide. So it looks like Josh that this movie, like its predecessor, is gonna have some long legs. It could I could see it getting to two billion now. I could really do I could really I could really see it going to two billion.
1: James Cameron is so cocky. I don't know. He cheats, I think, with the box office numbers as we've discussed before, but Yeah, well, what's going to happen is this movie's going to, you know, wherever it levels out at, and then he's going to keep re-releasing it every, you know, twice a year, and then pretty soon it's going to be like a $5 billion movie. I don't hate James Cameron. He's a genius. I just, like, hate that he is absolutely arrogant, and I saw his tweet the other day that perfectly summarized what Avatar is, and he said, Avatar 2 will definitely go down in history as being the second Avatar movie ever.
0: (laughs) Fair enough, indeed. But before we head on out, my friend wanted to ask, what are you looking forward to in 2023 and pop culture?
1: I'm honestly just looking for the MCU to write itself. And uh, I want to see all that time wasted last year mean something. So I want things to come out that have legitimate stakes and to show that like it's not a waste of time you know it's not the the fan fatigue The i want a reason to get over my mcu fatigue and i'm hoping that i'm going to get that
0: maybe it'll start with ant-man in february who knows
1: and you never know it's possible i still gotta watch wakanda forever
0: absolutely and then with that with ant-man you know the king the conqueror is going to be uh, become a major figure down the road so hopefully we can see that more develop more loki season two and uh, obviously some other things in the mcu so hopefully that'll come to light any other games that are, are coming out 2023 are catching your eye
1: dead space remake obviously something i want to play final fantasy 16 and final fantasy remake part two assuming they both cling to those 2023 release dates or good luck I want to play I mean I don't know what's going on with like Halo and Gears and like all these projects that have been rumored and promised by Microsoft so I don't like right now like I don't know what's coming out in some of these bigger franchises so I you know I just know some of the other things that I'm excited to play but you know the, the things that you would go to E3 and be excited about i have no idea what's going on with any of that stuff because we've had these like sporadic gaming conferences that have discussed things that are like a month out but we don't really there's no forecast into the future that we've gotten at all this year so i don't know what to expect it's uh, not very predictable right now so i'm i'm kind of waiting to see you know in january february gets here what what is being forecasted
0: It'll be very interesting to see what develops over the course of the last year, especially in the video game world where so many projects were delayed into 2023. So I'm curious to see what actually holds their release date, what gets pushed into 24. I'm hoping to hear more about Mass Effect. You know me, I hold out hope mm-hmm. for that as far as something, as far as within the Mass Effect realm. I know Mass Effect 4 is being worked on. I don't expect a Mass Effect video game-wise until 2024. I'm hoping we can find out more definitive news on a series or a movie or something in the universe as far as Mass Effect is concerned hopefully sooner rather than later.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I I would love to see. I know there was discussion of Henry Cavill taking up the role of Commander Shepard. So, but now I, that he's
0: doing this Warhammer thing, but knows? nothing
1: nothing in Warhammer is supposed to materialize until like 2025, so he's he's got time on his hands. Well, let's hope that
0: it's taken up by Commander Shepard, but we'll see. Any last thoughts, though, before we head on out?
1: I said this last year too, but I think that we're seeing—we're still seeing the effects of COVID on the entertainment industry, whether it's video games, movies, whatever—all the stuff that was delayed and you know pushed to the next year. We're we're still seeing those effects as things are being pushed into 2023. So I am seeing 2023 being a huge year, you know, as far as releases for things go, and I could be wrong at this point, but like, I feel like, you know, having two years to recover from all the COVID stuff, I think that 2023 is going to be pretty busy.
0: But before we head on out, my friend, I know you are going to be on paternity leave, and I'm so happy for you. I want to wish you congratulations to both you and your wife and your family on uh, the expected birth when either this airs or soon after and i just wanted to go ahead and publicly say i wish you and the family all the best on that and you take as much time off as you need i know our conversations will be always great in pop culture whenever you decide to come back i'll be touring ces here during the first week of january as i always do but to not be talking about it with you be sad but i know it's for a great reason and i'm wishing you all the best my friend
1: I appreciate it, man. I mean, having little kids, it's an exercise in patience, you know, and not sleeping much.
0: You know, you sleep when you die. Isn't that the phrase?
1: Exactly. It's going down for the long rest. (laughs) No, I'm already, I'm getting that gray in my beard right now. It's happening already. Uh, Watch out, my friend. Watch out you'll miss it when they're older
0: and uh, they're leaving the house because my kids are in their teen years. So they're, they're on their way out, uh, to go out and seek their fortunes in the world. And yeah, yeah. I miss those days when they were your kid's age. So that's all yeah. I'll say. Yeah. yeah. Well, my friend, it's been great having you aboard, sharing your thoughts on the best and worst of pop culture for 2022. Looking forward to some great conversations with you and I in pop culture for 2023 right here in the pop culture cosmos so for josh the great aka josh peterson this is gerald glassford it's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the pop culture cosmos and the pcc multiverse we thank you for listening and here's hoping you have yourself a great